Hi, thanks for joining RevDive. Today is episode four, and we are lucky enough to chat with Claire Ernst. Claire is a wealth of knowledge in all areas of legislation and regularly informs policymakers in Congress on the important role that medical practices play in the healthcare system. She does a lot of work with MGMA and presenting and educating all of us that work in the private practice area. But today we're going to get her personal reflections in what's happening on the Hill. So Claire, Maybe you could give us a little bit of a spill from the Hill and just your personal insights. I know that telehealth is top of mind and prior authorization is a hot button issue, but what are some things that you're seeing that are sort of critical right now? Yeah, sure. Thanks for having me, Taya. Um, this is, you know, really exciting. I love to nerd out over all things uh, medical group related. And, um, you know, I'll give a quick disclaimer that I'm here talking, um, although I work for the Medical Group Management Association, I'm here talking on behalf of myself. So, um, with that, I will give a quick overview of a couple of things that you know, I'm noticing a couple of trends um, and Tan's probably asking some questions about it. So, you know, one of the things that's been a hot button issue, uh, you know, is prior authorization. And so we are, I mean, we, MGMA and myself, are very excited to see that a bill that would curb um, prior authorizations in Medicare Advantage plans was reintroduced last week in the House, and we expect it to be reintroduced um, in the Senate as well as the companion version um, pretty soon. And so, you know, basically this bill is a, the heart and the guts and the soul of it um, come from a consensus statement that was agreed upon a few years back by some of the plans, uh, MGMA, AMA, um, with some of these underlying, you know, things that we all agreed on, like, um, you know, sort of streamlining the process, like creating some more transparency, um, adjusting the volume of prior authorizations under certain circumstances. And so, you know, this bill got a lot of traction last year or last Congress. I mean, we had almost 300 co-sponsors in the House. Um, you know, the Senate version was we were able to introduce that, uh, you know, with with COVID coming uh, <laughs> coming up, you know, we didn't really get uh, it past the finish line. And so we're hoping to see that, you know, this year. But it's exciting that it's so bipartisan, um, you know. With everything going on the hill right now, it's 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 kind of nice to see such a um, important issue to medical practices be so bipartisan and bicameral. So that is on the prior off front. Um, telehealth also hot ticket item, as Dana said. I personally feel very um, passionate about this topic. I think that telehealth, when used appropriately, um, and when, you know, like, I think that it can be a lifeline to certain vulnerable patients. Um, and so we are tracking everything that's going on with telehealth. There are dozens of bills. Everybody wants a piece of telehealth. Um, it has come, it has become one of the most, like the hottest pieces of legislation you could possibly, you know, be involved with on the Hill. I mean, everything from, you know, 
like our big thing is waiving uh, permanently getting rid of the geographic and originating site restrictions, which, you know, as we're in now, outside of the public health emergency, you would have to be at an originating site, which is a facility, and you'd have to be in a rural track area. And so, you know, back in 2016, um, only a quarter of a percent of beneficiaries of Medicare were actually utilized these services. And so we found um, in the first couple months of the pandemic that, you know, according to CMS and their numbers, over 9 million beneficiaries had used telehealth and I think that in large part was due to uh, waiving those original originating site and geographic site restrictions. So, you know, a lot of bills touch on that. Some of them touch on, um, you know, like interstate licensure, um, you know, adding rural health clinics uh, to distance site providers, expanding the distance site providers. So, you know, there's been a couple of hearings in um, energy and commerce and ways and means. And most recently last week, actually Senate finance focused a lot on these flexibilities. There's a lot of interest from the Hill on this. It's just still kind of, it's yet to, it remains to be seen exactly how that's going to play out and which bill will sort of, you know, take like center stage or if, you know, parts of bills will get sort of plucked out and put into larger moving packages. So, you know, I think we're just following that and um, seeing what, you know, what will happen. Um, Taya, did you have any questions on those two? Because then I can get into some, uh, some, some of the fun stuff like sequester. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's so, it's so intriguing to me. Um, I remember managing practices and particularly when consulting with practices that were in rural areas, the frustration around that originating site. And um, hopefully, hopefully that gets you know, permanently waived because it never quite made sense to me um, that that would be a restriction. You know, you would think of telehealth as being able to to provide those services to patients when they are in their homes. So needing them to come to the facility never really quite made sense to me. And in rural areas, it's particularly challenging because sometimes, you know, those patients are six or eight hours away from the nearest clinic. So uh, definitely excited to see that. You mentioned the sequester, and I, I definitely want to hear more about that. And maybe the Comprehensive Debt Collection Improvement Act. I know I've got oh, yeah. a lot of questions around that one as well. And some of those questions sure. that I am getting are coming back Um let's say a little lively in discussion. <laughs> I think people are a little frustrated. Yeah, it's a little, yeah. These are all things that keep me up at night, Taya. Like I, I need some other hobbies because this is what keeps me up at night. These <laughs> random pieces of legislation. Um, yeah. So on the sequester front, um, so you know, for almost a decade now, there is there's been a two percent uh, payment cut sequester on Medicare, and so you know, there's sort of two sequester issues going on. There's the two percent sequester that has been, um, you know, sort of, uh, there's been a moratorium put on it since last summer, um, and that came originally from the CARES Act, 
And it's been extended over and over again. MGMA pushed for its extension uh, so that, you know, we have that 2% reprieve. That is going to be in effect until the end of this year. Um, and then we also have this statutory PAYGO situation where, you know, the way that PAYGO works is that there's scorecards and, you know, you, you have to be able to offset costs of bills. And so sometimes you can waive it. So with the American Rescue Plan, that bill had a very hefty price tag attached to it. It was through reconciliation and through reconciliation, you can't waive PAYGO. And you can do that in other pieces of legislation. So they have to do it outside of that vehicle. And because, you know, the American Rescue Plan was so, um, I would say, contentious uh, and partisan, we haven't been able to get the, uh, you know, we haven't been able to get that, you know, PAYGO scorecard waived yet. And so, you know, as far as my knowledge goes, I don't think that statutory payo has ever been like triggered in Medicare. And so I would be really surprised that they didn't take care of this by the end of the year, which is what they need to do, because this would be applicable to um, 2022 uh, that year. So we'll see what happens. But um, I think that it's going to pick up more and more, you know, we'll put the pressure will be more and more as, as the year, you know, at the year close gets gets closer. Um, another thing along those lines are the Medicare payment cuts that we're going to hear. I mean, I'm sure, Taya, you'll hear more and more about this, too, as the year goes on. But, you know, there were some changes in the fee schedule last year, or actually a couple of years ago, but they went into effect last year or this year. Um, and coming from these E&M increases, and so there were certain cuts to um, certain specialties and we were trying to find a way to mitigate those cuts for this year which we were able to do by adding three billion dollars into the medicare physician fee schedule in year in legislation last year um, but that was a one-time fix and you know we're going to have to come up with something that is going to have to be a congressional fix uh, by the end of this year <laughs> so i think once the physician fee schedule comes out which we expect early july we'll see um, an uptick in conversations on the hill about that so um maybe maybe i'll be back on and we can talk about this in july um but that's sort of you know on the payment side of things where we're at and then so you asked about the Comprehensive Debt Collection Improvement Act. So this bill kind of, you know, like this kind of came on our radar pretty hot, uh, as you alluded to. Um, it's a larger bill than just medical debt. So it's a bill that addresses consumer protections. Um, so that, you know, it's not just the medical debt piece, it's also the student loan piece. But there is a provision in there um, that essentially you wouldn't be able to use debt collectors for two years. And it amends the Fair Debt Collection Practices Act. So debt collector is defined in that. Um, so it doesn't stop practices from collecting you know, unpaid bills themselves. But for practices that routinely utilize a like third party debt collector, um, say they typically send, uh, you know, bills to collections like 90 or 120 days after they're due, like that will have an impact on them. So this bill passed the House 
a couple of weeks ago, but it was very partisan. It was, I think it passed the House 215 to 207. Only one Democrat voted no. I think it was Representative Schrader. Um, so that being said, I mean, it's going to, you know, with, with the filibuster, it's going to be difficult to pass this in the Senate. Um, and as far as I know, I think it'd be a hard, hard ask to get it include in uh, reconciliation where we would waive, you know, that that requirement. So, I mean, I've just been collecting a lot of stories uh, from members about like how often that they use debt collectors and how much, you know, what percentage of their claims go to these debt collectors. And so we're kind of, we're just monitoring it right now. Um, but, you know, it's obviously, it's, it's on our radar and it's, uh, it's becoming a hot button issue. I can imagine. And, you know, um, one of the things I think that I want to be mindful of as always is what these top items are going to be for organizations and the most pressing things. And um, obviously we want to have you back on the show, but before we go, is there any other really totally key hot button item that we should make sure everybody is aware of before we get to steal you back onto the show for some more updates. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, and, and one thing I wanted to, you know, it, it's really hard to keep track of all of these as a practice. Um, this will be like my shameless plug for medical groups to sign up for the Washington connection because I write a bunch of these articles and so does my amazing team um, at MGMA. And so like, you know, we try to, I mean, we try, we do monitor everything that's going on legislatively and regulatory wise um, and, you know, send out this weekly newsletter. So it's one way of keeping, you know, on top of it. And it's a lot to keep on top of, um, you know, I wanted to just point out a couple of things on the regulatory side. Uh, so, you know, surprise medical billing that was passed, the No Surprises Act was passed at the end of last year as part of the, um, you know, large spending package. And so we expect to see regulations uh, come on that in the next I'd say like months, <laughs> because there's a deadline in the bill of July 1st for certain aspects of that bill. Um, so that's something we're going to be looking for and focusing on. And then obviously the, you know, physician fee schedule that should be coming up that uh, dropped at OMB, which means that the White House, the administration is reviewing it and we should see it pretty soon. So once that comes out, I'd love to come on and talk about some of the um, highlights once I read through 2,700 pages of it. Uh, but <laughs> yeah, I think those are kind of the, the big things. Um, you know, there's audio on speaking of rural areas and telehealth, uh, we've been a big proponents of trying to get audio only legislation introduced uh, that would require CMS to reimburse those codes because right now CMS is saying they will not do that after the public health emergency ends. And so, you know, we're monitoring that. And then, you know, in terms of physician uh, workforce shortage, there's a couple of uh, graduate medical education bills that are in the mix that we are focusing on as well. So, you know, exciting stuff. Wow. 
first and foremost, I do not know how you keep all of this in your head. I too am a policy wonk, but man, there is a lot <laughs> on the Hill right now. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's a lot. It's, it's a lot, but you know, I actually really, I really enjoy like talking about this stuff. And so I'm really happy that I was able to come on and that you guys invited me and I'm happy to come back virtually anytime, anytime that works for you. Well, thank you so much, Claire. We absolutely have to do this again. As you know, uh, you and I are, are two sides of the same coin here because I absolutely love talking policy. And so next time, because we will definitely have to bring you back, we will get Kim jumping in here also with some of her questions. So thank you so much today. And thanks to everybody for joining episode four. And we look forward to chatting with you again soon. Thank you.